You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. We have a lot to talk about. We have so much to talk about, I'm stressed out. Like, we're going to have to talk really fast. Um, We have no ability for any pleasantries, so we're going (laughs) to dive right into this, a packed episode. We're going to get right into fan questions. We're going to talk about the new Ted Bundy movie that's been causing a lot of uh, stirs. Uh, We're reviewing two films from Reel Out, um, and we have about nine headlines we want to get to. So here we go. Starting off with a question from Shannon. Um, Hi, Mike and Taylor. I never really noticed until you both brought it up that January and even February seems to be quite thin for new movie releases, and everything coming out hasn't been that great. Do you have any thoughts on why that is? Thank you for your time. I'm really enjoying the show on Tuesdays. What do you mean you don't want to see A Dog's Way Home? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's like the only movie I know that's coming out in major theaters. It's already out in January. Um, yeah, I mean, January and February have become notorious with, with very slim pickings. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's, that's the award season. There's so many awards for the previous year that I think that people kind of go lighter on that for that reason. But also I think it's proven that for whatever reason, I don't even think this is true anymore. It was at one point proven that people don't go to the movies in January and February as much, which I think is like, that can't be true. Not anymore. It's, it, I mean, well, in I, some parts of the country, it's so cold and depressing. I mean, it's the best thing to do. That's my thinking. Like, in Canada, people would probably more be more inclined to see movies in the winter as opposed to the summer. But, like, blockbusters are when all of the... The blockbusters come out in the summertime summer, normally. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. All of these movie stats that they keep dragging out to me seem really outdated. Like, all my friends consistently, consistently see movies throughout the year yeah so i don't know i don't know why the crummy movies come out i mean there have been hits like i mean black panther came out last february and that was like a huge hit um but did they coincide that with black history month i'm i'm sure that's part of the reason but i i mean i think that they you know it was a good movie quality okay you know so it's it's not as though you can't have a good movie in that time frame like a lot of movies that they don't think are going to do well studios will throw them in january and february so, I don't know. I mean, that's that's what I think the reason is, but there you go. Uh, Nicole asks, hi, Taylor and Matt. Poor Nicole always asks, and the wrong person's <laughs> here. Mike's here again, but Matt will come back, I'm sure. Um, loved your Oscar episode, uh, Smiley Face. Am I supposed to read the emojis? Yes. I okay. Um, I hope that uh, Poland's The Cold War makes it, onto, uh, makes it onto the screening rooms so that you can cover it on the podcast. I would love to know, what is one movie from any decade or genre that you hate that everyone else loves? The 2018 version of A Star is Born does not qualify as an answer. In fact, let's pretend that movie doesn't exist. I think I would say, um, like off the top of my head, La La Land, which isn't quite now, like, in retrospect, La La Land's getting a lot more hate now than it did initially. But, like, when it first came out, La La Land was, like, the B, like, the movie of that year. And I did, I saw it and thought, this is, (laughs) this is a garbage movie. Like, I walked out of the theater being like, what? So you hated that movie, like, hated it. 
Yep. That's the question says hate. I'm taking the hate very seriously, so I'm trying to find like that. I would say, yeah, I hated mm. La La Land. <laughs> but uh, I can't, like, I. this is a question that I would have to, like, think on harder. Like, I would need to, like, look at yeah. a movie, a list of movies from a decade and see kind of, like, what... You know what I mean? I have so few movies that I hate. Um, there are some that I, I strongly and passionately dislike, but I wouldn't say I hate them. Um, so it's it's hard because I think for the most part I'm, you know, I I more or less am along middle ground with with people. Even if they really like the movie, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, it was okay. Like there are elements of it, but I can't think of a movie. Certainly nothing in the past couple of years that I've gone to where everyone I'm with really loves it and I, I don't like it. Um, I've had that the opposite happen, where I've really enjoyed a movie and other people have been like, yeah. no, I don't really like this. Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's yeah. hard for me to answer I, this one. Maybe the closest one would be, I, like, I went to see A Simple Favor and everyone I was with seemed to, like, mildly enjoy it to somewhat enjoy it. And, and you I did it was not. Bad. No, I really think that movie's really bad. So maybe that's the closest. But I don't think that's a universally loved movie. Like, I think there's mixed feelings on it. I know. It. It's hard to... That's the that's the caveat of this question. Universally loved. Like, what did everyone else love that you hated? That, I, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Lady Bird. Neither was I. And a lot of people liked Lady Bird, and I, I, I didn't. I thought it was quite overrated, actually. I thought it was very overrated, but the three other people I saw it with felt the same way. Mm, okay. So again, but I that think universe, like a lot of people love that movie. It's like La La Land. Like I felt like yeah. that it has the same. But anyways, I would say Lady Bird's probably the closest for me because I really didn't think it deserved all the award buzz it was getting. Like I think there are better examples of that exact same movie that have been ignored. So I thought it was a middle of the line movie. Yeah, it was like to me it wasn't even one of the like it, it wouldn't even be in my top 5 like coming of age movies. No. Um so yeah, I think that's that probably would be closest for me. And I went to Catholic school and I felt like that did not act, like that did not portray what I Catholic some school lady was birds. like. Yeah. I knew I knew I knew people who were who were like the main character Lady Bird. I definitely did. There were a couple caricatures in the school that I I also went to a Catholic school with a uniform in a very yeah. similar and was kind of like oh, I don't really think that that's accurate. Yeah. But, but I I do I knew a, a Lady you Bird. You knew too. a girl who broke in and ate the the hosts the. The Eucharist? I didn't know anyone who would break oh, in. Of and... course, of course. Oh, I know people. You went who, to a baddie who, school. Who went up to the chapel and would, you know, grab things from there or, or eat whatever. I or guess see I was friends with the normies or whatever. Like, no, like, <laughs> of course, I, I, they weren't my friends, but I knew who they were. Okay. Um, yeah, no, of course, I knew people who were like that. I knew people who would change their name. We had someone at my high school who came dressed as a Jedi Knight every day. Um, first of all, props. Um, respect that guy but you know that did happen i knew a girl who wore cat ears on as part of the uniform and the teacher said that's not uniform you have to take them off but um she wasn't like she was more weird than Lady Bird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Lady Bird, like, has, isn't, yeah, Lady Bird is quirky, I would describe mm-hmm. more so even than, than weird. But, but I, I, yeah, I knew, I knew people who were like that. Yeah. For sure. Um, thanks for the question, Nicole. Uh, Erica asks, hi, everyone. I was listening to the Oscars podcast and was curious if there was something wrong with Mike's voice. He has a very nice radio voice, and I'm wondering if he is trying to change it for some reason. Really love the show. No. No, Erica. <laughs> like, I don't, I as, do, I don't. As Mike's co-host every week. This is just my voice. I don't, I don't. I, my only um, 
we talked about this earlier my only hypothesis for the voice change is that mike had to do a lot of reading that episode like reading the headlines or sorry reading the categories and i do find i mean me personally when i'm reading my voice does slightly shift but again as your co-host i can say your your voice sounds the same. Yeah, I certainly <laughs> haven't changed it since we've started. The and like show. not purposely. No, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. No. Um, yeah. So short answer, no. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you heard there. It could have been yeah, any number of things. Definitely, I was definitely reading more than I usually. Maybe weird do. editing. Um, but you listen to yeah, it. Yeah. Hey, I do the editing. Yeah, the I know, but fine. I don't know. Like I don't um, know. Yeah, no, I I I didn't hear that. Um, I think this is the way my voice normally Mike will sounds. Mike, we'll try to People. talk normal yeah, going forward. People out there listening, you tell me. Is my voice fine? Is it the same? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But thank you, Erica. Thank you for your concern. No. Um, Lily says hi team i love when people say like either hi mike taylor or, hi taylor mike or hi team hi everyone as if there's like a million more there's only us there's only us <laughs> hi, and team. sometimes a guest um i'm currently traveling and i'm noticing that some places i visit are either a little behind on the times or love their classic movies just saw a screening of showgirls have you seen it <laughs> yes. Have you ever visited somewhere and saw a movie that was quite old, but it was playing when you visited? And that is from Lily. And that's, I mean, that's a 90s movie, so I don't know where you're traveling, but yeah, that's quite behind. And like in major, it would be interesting to know, was it in a major theater or was that's it like quite, an yeah, independent? What type of theater was it in? Is it like an independent theater? Because I know the screening room will bring back different movies for like different themed nights. Yeah, and I've been to... Uh, like an art house theater that was playing an Audrey Hepburn movie. So that would probably be the oldest movie that I've seen kind of like out of context. I forget which one it was. But um, but like typically I feel like when theaters are doing that, they're doing it as like a theme or like a special yeah. event. You might have like stumbled upon a themed or special event night that you just didn't know about and thought that showgirls were playing. Like that's what it Unless sounded. you're that like could have been that. deep in Germany and they – it's normal for them to around show. the world people do get movies at different times it's not usually this long like and showgirls <laughs> yeah yeah um so but yeah, even cineplex know. even like the major theaters they are doing like classic movie releases mm. where you can get like a discounted ticket and go see gone with the wind or stuff like that so yeah. i don't think it's unusual but it'd be unusual if they're releasing it kind of as like they just got it you know yeah, I mean? that really, I, yeah. So Lily, we definitely want to know more information. Where like, did where, you go? Where did you go? What? Where was the theater? It's really cool that you're listening to us while you're traveling. That's yeah. kind of fun. Um, but yeah, send us in more information because we're we're really curious. Um, as to your question, like I haven't done a lot of traveling, like just different parts of the U.S. So I don't think I have really an answer. I, I don't think I've ever been somewhere where I've seen this type of thing happen. Have you ever seen that? When I'm in, I've been to Europe a couple times and I've been like, I've never seen a movie abroad, but like I've seen like movie listings and it seems like it's fairly like on schedule with us. Like at least in mm. Eastern Europe where I've been, it looks like they're getting the movies like around the same time. Um, and I've never noticed them playing like random old ones, mm. but um that's why I'd love to get more information. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds like, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, I want to know what type of theater it was, definitely. Yeah. Um, Shailene asks, uh, hi, Taylor and Mike. I am having a great time catching up on your podcast, Screening at Kingston. I was fascinated by the Barbie movie news and was wondering what your thoughts were on who should play Ken. Thank you 
for a great hour of entertainment. Thanks. Um, we immediately said okay. the same person. Yeah, so this is really funny, everyone. We were going over the questions a little bit just before the show, like literally seconds before we came on air, and we both like uncued. Chris said, Pine. Yeah, it's like Chris Pine. We were like, Chris Pine. Um, so we have an answer for you. It's Chris Pine should play Ken. Um, my reasoning was that Patty Jenkins, who is directing this movie, it has worked with Chris Pine now several times. Like she's the director of Wonder Woman and worked with him there. But she also did this like TV show that he did for no reason. So she must have power over him because why <laughs> would Chris Pine working, do a TV show? Like well, working with her? Maybe. Yeah, like there must be some sort of like I I really like working with you. Like we we connect in a good way. Like and that happens. Like a lot of artists find mm-hmm. there's certain directors that will pull the right stuff out of them. Like Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Martin Scorsese. Exactly. So maybe Chris Pine, you know, just feels like oh you're doing a TV show miniseries i don't need this but like i'm gonna do it because i love working with you i feel like that just makes the most sense for me i think he looks like ken like on the press when he does press junkets whoever his stylist is always styles him in 1950s clothing and he looks amazing on red carpets like very classic old hollywood um and he's got like kind of like not like a full bouffant but he's got like the slick back hair i don't know like to me like you're pulled it Mike's pulled up pictures of Ken. To I me, mean, he doesn't I, look like modern Ken, but like I don't know what Ken looks like. So. <laughs> I just think Chris Pine is a Barbie doll. Like he's beautiful, but like almost too beautiful. <laughs> and he looks um his stylist is amazing is amazing. Props to his stylist, because he always looks so put together on the red carpet. Like I'm looking at a picture right now of Barbie and Ken, and I definitely could see Marco Robbie and Chris Pine. Like, couldn't right? you see that? Like that being little them, couple. And you'd be like, yeah, there you go. Um, I have no idea what this movie is. I am so confused as to what it's going to be. It's so Everyone's hard to cast <laughs> it in any way because as far as I was aware, the whole idea of Barbie is like you have like, you know, these different types of outfits and these yeah. different types of vehicles and these different types of like She's like definitely accessories. A, a, a toy. Yeah, so, so which Barbie are you getting? It's also confusing because in the animated Barbie movies, she isn't there a toy. She's Yeah. Like, in the animated Barbie universe, Barbie is just, like, a normal woman who, like, you know what I mean? Like, she isn't, or, like, sometimes she's a fairy princess, sometimes she's a ballerina, but, like, in the movie, she's not a toy. So, like, I don't really know, like, in the movies, is she just going to be one of Barbie's personas, live action, Margot Robbie, or is it going to be, like, that Tyra Banks movie where she's a Barbie that comes to life? Like, that's, these are the questions I'm having (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's funny because I, I just, I, I can, I don't know anything about Barbie. I, wasn't there any, hasn't there been controversy around Barbie in some way, like years ago or whatever? They like used to say and... that she promoted an unrealistic body type. Like if you were to like put her proportions in real life, like the person would have like, would, would die. Like there wouldn't be enough space for her organs. But now that she's more body positive, oh, oh, okay. there's different shapes and sizes. I mean, sizes pick up a GI Joe; it doesn't make sense either. I know. I like don't it know. really like it. Honestly, doesn't. It's like you know the episode of Simpsons where Lisa is like into Malibu Stacy, <laughs> yes. but Malibu Stacy's like very vapid, so she makes her own doll that's yes. feminist. Yes, I, I think that, that was the yes. Barbie. That's argument. a great episode of The Simpsons. I love The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah that's great. Okay, well, there so anyways, you go. I'm I'm waiting for more Barbie news, just like our listeners. And we, we you have a unanimous vote for Chris Pine. So there yes. you go. We didn't have to discuss it. Like, there's your answer. It's yeah. Chris Pine. Um, Aaron 
writes in, hi Taylor and Mike, thanks for a great update on the Oscars and for some movie reviews each week. I recently started to rewatch a few of my favorite movies from last year and noted the lack of horror movie talk on the show. I'd like to give a special shout out to It, Bird Box, The Nun, all great movies from last year, any favorite horror movies. Thank you both for an entertaining hour. P.S. Love the Crow, Taylor. Aaron, thank you for approving of my love for the crow, but I have to disagree. I feel like we do talk about horror. Horror is one of my favorite genres. Now, I think, yeah, I mean, Aaron, if you're one of, I know we have some new listeners that have kind of come on because of the podcast. Welcome to the show, everyone. If this is your first time, this is Screening in Kingston. <laughs> um, I just realized now we didn't even introduce the show at the start. We just like We had so much to talk it. about. Um, you know, maybe you, Aaron hasn't caught up yet. That's but yeah, fair. I think we've mentioned, I know I've mentioned it at some point in time. Um, and I've talked about The Nun for sure, because I saw it when it came out. And our and Halloween we, episode We talked does, about Bird Box in one of our headlines. Oh, yes, we did, yeah. Um, we talked a lot about horror movies, came up quite a bit in our Halloween yeah. talk. So the, that episode w is available on the podcast. You can just go back and find it from, from October. Um, but yeah, I think we bring up horror here and there. Like some of my favorites definitely like are, are it from from last year because i thought that, that was just yeah, a was really, really well, well done. done yeah really well done movie let alone a horror movie like those are the types of horror movies i like they're a really good story and movie and then the horror is kind of secondary um so the same with like saw um a lot of the firsts of of movies i really mm -hmm. like like a lot of the beginning points um and and there's a couple exorcism movies i really like the exorcism of emily rose um and the last exorcism are two of my favorites as well I think one of the problems with us not having an opportunity to talk about horror more is the fact that we are a show that reviews movies from the screening room, and the screening room doesn't get a ton of horror movies. No, um, though I would say Suspiria would classify as a horror yes, movie. Yes, and that's one of my favorite it's movies of, of 2018, yeah. and I would add it as one of my favorite horror movies. And you did review it on this show. I so, did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I would tell Aaron to review my Halloween picks. Yeah, because you have a, quite a few horror movies in Because horror yeah. is one of my favorite genres, and it would be hard for me to narrow it down. Rosemary's Baby, like, I love classic horror. I love Rosemary's Baby, and then I love the new Conjuring Universe movies. Yeah, that good, Or yeah. that, uh, that, like, mythology that they're growing. So. And Annabelle and yeah, all that Yeah, all of yeah. The Nun, all well, yeah, of that. And, I mean, like, Aaron, if you're just looking for, like, some obscure suggestions, like, I think... Yeah, Taylor's list is good because you kind of go through a lot of different things. But, I, you know, check out The Exorcism of Emily Rose and The Last Exorcism. Like, The Last Exorcism did not really get a lot of It was a great movie, though. But it's really good. And it didn't get – I think it had, like, a limited release in theaters. So if that's one I would highly recommend. I think you would love it. Cool. Okay, our last question is one of my favorite types of questions. Uh, this comes from Shimmy. Why men – Capital men, M, capital M in men. This is like the, how dare you, or where do you get off? Every once in a while, again, for new listeners, every once in a while we get these really out of, out of the park questions with no explanation. <laughs> and Mike just laughs and cries because he, <laughs> we don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't Go even ahead. know. I don't even know what they're shimmy i don't know what you're referencing i'm trying to think what we even talked about last what movie did we review last i don't know week? <laughs> but, but why don't you answer the question taylor why, why men because they they're in the position of power that's why <laughs> 
Is this like the Me Too? I don't even I don't know. <laughs> I like I, I I did the same thing. Like I'm and I'm being sincere here. Like Shimmy, like send us more information because like I went back and looked at episodes. I have no idea what we said that could have prompted Why that. Why men? Like did we did we did we talk about? I was trying to think. Matt Salton, I know him very well. I was like, did he say something? Because sometimes he says things that are a yeah. little problematic. So I went back. But no, I couldn't find anything. But like, why men in media? Because the majority of media is written, directed, and produced by male individuals. We're trying to change that. I think maybe we did have a headline a couple weeks ago. I don't even know if we had a chance to talk about it. It was like comparing the numbers of the ratio of women filmmakers to men filmmakers at the Oscars. Yeah, I don't something think that like, made it into the headline, that, though. That's, like, something... That's where I would be like, okay, we can have a conversation. But this, yeah, <laughs> this, this question... Is I will say um, to Shimmy, if you're looking for something, like, if, if you are asking around, we assume film specifically, there's a great book I have um, called Backwards and in Heels. It's by Alicia Malone, who is an, uh, not a very well-known author, but is a sort of YouTube and, and work, used to work for a company called Filmstruck, um, kind of specializes in, in, in more classical films. But anyway, this book is really interesting because it actually talks about women in film throughout the ages and all the women who influenced film that you don't even know about. Like, it used to be in Hollywood the opposite as it is now. Yeah. Like, women were dominating the film industry and often had their own production companies. So if you are looking for more information in that way, like, if you're asking this in terms of, like, why are men so dominant in film, read this book because it's really interesting. And, and I mean, you're right. That, that's the trend now. But it, it was not always that way. And, and hopefully it won't it be. Is. No. There's slow changes. Changes may be too slow, but changes nevertheless. Yes, so I hope that answers the question. But please do send us more information. We love to ch we love to like pick yeah. We will things. answer the question if we have a sense as, as to yeah. kind of what. Um, if you would like to ask us a question, just email us at any time at screeninginkingston at gmail .com. You can also use the hashtag screening and YGK across any social media platform. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just send us a direct message, um, add us, whatever you want to do. Just get those questions out to us because we'd love to answer them. Okay. That was a lightning round of, that was like a mailbag. <laughs> Moving on. Um, we're going to quickly talk about two films that we got screeners for from the Real Out uh, Film Festival, which is now playing here in Kingston. It's the big to-do in Kingston. Yeah, and, and there's lots of great films. Uh, we're only going to spotlight two of them, but I can't emphasize this enough. They have films every day um, from now until the 14th. So even if the two doesn't you know maybe they don't sound quite like they would fit for you uh, go check out real out um it is running until the 14th go to realout.com for more um i guess i'll start sure um so the the film that i watched is called splinters it's um written and directed by tom fitzgerald who i believe we mentioned um briefly on the show last week he is a uh, pretty well-known playwright who's written about he actually if people had heard of cloudburst that was a movie and a um and a play from from quite a few years ago um he was the writer of that um this movie is really interesting to me because it is such an interesting family and friends and like internal small town dynamic, which I was not expecting. Um, this movie takes place, I think in Nova Scotia in a small town in Nova Scotia. And it's all, I mean, it, you know, 
it, this is an LGBTQ festival, so sexuality and identity are, are a really common theme in most of their movies. In this one, it's it's not only a, a common theme, but there's layers thrown on top of it from like all these other characters you meet. Like it's almost as if every single person you meet in this community is slightly different, and, and, and which mm. makes it really interesting. Actually, um, it's a really well written movie. I really enjoyed it overall. I wanted to give a really special shout out. Um, to an actress whose name I'm about to butcher, um, Sophia Banshaff, who plays kind of the, one of the sort of main characters, Belle. Um, fantastic performance uh, out of a, I think she looks like a teenager or early 20s actor. Really solid work. I mean, you, you follow um, her relationship with her mother and you follow a little bit about the relationship that she has with other members of the community. Um, it's a really relatable movie because you get this kind of small town feel sense to it if you growing up in canada in a small town you'll you'll understand you'll get it, you'll get it. um but it, beautiful cinematography as well i think for me where the movie fell short a little bit was i found like tom fitzgerald's a fantastic writer and they had a great cinematographer but as a director i think there's still things he needs to work on um there were at times like the pacing was pretty good but there were at times i felt the camera was lingering and we were with a moment that w didn't really make sense to me as what what was going on um but all in all i really did love this movie i, cool. I thought it it was like um, a, a really nice film, um, has a has a solid message, and, and one of those like movies that has like a pretty good feeling to it, but also a feeling of anxiety as you move through mm. it. Just just because of the nature of, of I don't want to give too much away, but just because of the nature of where this is set, I feel like anxiety comes into that a little bit as well. Um, but Splinters, it was it was a wonderful movie. Um, and Tom Fitzgerald's actually coming to Kingston. He is here tomorrow. So the screening for Splinters is Thursday, not not tomorrow. This is Tuesday. <laughs> Thursday at eight o'clock, eight fifteen at the screening room is when the, is when the show starts. Um, afterwards, there's a Q and A with Tom Fitzgerald. That's so that, cool. Yeah, that's really cool. You get a chance to to meet the director and writer. I'm giving Splinters a see it. I think you should go out and see this movie. If you've never been to Real Out before, it's a fantastic introductory movie. Only about an hour and a half long. Nice and short. Very tight. Like we talked about, a tight mm -hmm. movie. That's one thing he does really well. He keeps it tight. Keeps the story going. Um, and you get the Q&A with him after. So you can check that out Thursday, 8.15 at the screening room. Go see Splinters. I watched uh, Rafiki, which means friend. That's like the translation, I believe, is friend. It's set in um, Kenya, and it's about um, two young girls. I think they've just graduated out of high school, and um, their fathers are political opponents. Mm. And so it's kind of about their blossoming kind of relationship, mm. and friendship becomes more than friendship. So that's kind of what the, the premise of the movie is about. It was... It almost felt like, in terms of visuals and editing, it felt more like a documentary than a kind of traditional oh, really? like, narrative. Just, like, it kind of, to me, looked like it was filmed on, like, an iPhone. Like, like not, which isn't necessarily, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. But it's, like, a very certain, like, stylistic choice. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, for me, the movie felt kind of, like, unpolished mm. in a way. Like, sometimes the shots were a little bit shaky, mm. um, which I think can be fixed in, like, post-editing, things mm -hmm. like that. So, like... But it's usually not fixed for documentaries. Like, it's usually yeah. kind of part of that style. So that's why yeah. it felt, like, visually, it felt kind of more like a documentary. Mm. It's still... a pretty run-of-the-mill straight narrative film but mm -hmm. visually it felt more like a documentary not my personal 
favorite when it comes mm. to visuals. The colors were absolutely amazing. Like it's it's a very bright, vibrant film. Um, in terms of writing, I think it could have been my movie was also very short. It was um, an hour and eighteen minutes, I okay. think, before yeah. credits. Yeah. So talk about type, but it might have been one of those movies where it was. It could it, it needed room to breathe, and I think there could have been kind of richer characterization and uh, a little bit more more could have happened. Oh, so like you felt even it might have been a little too short about fleshing out yeah. some of those things. So um, I know these are kind of a, a lot of criticisms, but I think it's still well worth seeing because I think especially if we, here in Kingston, I don't think we have an opportunity to see movies like this very often. So. Um, it's set in Kenya. It's in like a tiny little like apartment complex. Almost. Is it all set in the same room for the most part? It's set like um, so like it looks like the community is a series of apartments mm, and okay. kind of like in like the common areas outside yeah, yeah. of the apartment complexes. Gotcha. So it's kind of like an urban mm. um, atmosphere. But I think in my personal opinion, I don't have very many opportunities to see kind of like what Kenya looks like mm -hmm. and what um, and kind of those social arrangements and things like that. So like culturally, the dynamics yeah. within Kenya, yeah. because in Kenya, it's illegal to be gay and you can spend 14 years in prison. So this movie has that added layer wow. of, you know, it's. Um, a gay relation or a lesbian yeah. relationship and kind of that political pressure. Yeah. So again, I think because it's so different than our reality here in Kingston, it's well worth seeing just to have a story and a perspective that we're not really privileged to see very often. And I think, I think it was very smart of Matt to send us to films that that could not be more different in mm -hmm. a way. because that's the thing like that's that's the really cool thing about real out is you can get this film from kenya that has a more raw quality to it that's kind of set in in and amongst a few locations but then you can get this film that's set in canada in a small town with like beautiful landscapes but you're you kind of have a connection between mm -hmm. those stories, but just because everyone's in two different locations, it feels so different. That's yeah. what it seems like in terms of what we're both saying. So yeah, I think that's that's what makes Reload to me so interesting is like you can see movies kind of about the same themes and topics, but from different parts of the world, which adds a new perspective that you might not be able to get. I think it shows how human behavior or human longing, whatever you want to call it, is universal, mm. but how different cultures and locales, how we kind of interact with those longings in different ways, Yeah, if definitely. that makes sense. No, definitely. So, I couldn't agree more. Definitely worth, mine, mine, Rafiki, we're seeing, they wanted, the filmmaker wanted that to be, well, first of all, it's ban it was banned in Kenya. Yeah, I heard about this, yeah. Um, and then they lifted the ban so that it could qualify for an Oscar nomination, and then they ended up picking a different movie for mm. Kenya. So I don't know who, if, like, the country's responsible for putting forward the movie at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's part of the process. I think the country and the filmmakers, nominates. like, they do have to put, put it to the consideration of yeah. the Academy. Yeah. So anyways, it's it's... Go see it, is my final review. So Rafiki plays Tuesday, which is tonight, at 5.45 at the screening room, so you can go there tonight, or Sunday at 4 o'clock. 
Um, so Rafiki has two screenings over the next week. And again, Splinters is Thursday at 8.15. Can't emphasize this enough. Go to Reel Out this week. Um, there's some amazing films, these ones and more. Like Again, uh, even, even if you just see Splinters and Rafiki, you're going to get two completely different films. Two completely different experiences, which is, like I think, really interesting. And movies that you may never have an opportunity to see again. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Unless you like maybe rented them or um, uh, streamed them. Yeah. You're getting a real good opportunity to see movies that you yeah. wouldn't normally get to like see. Like Rafiki, you probably won't get a chance to see, depending upon what its next film circuit yeah. is. And, and I believe that Splinters debuted at TIFF, but otherwise I haven't seen a wide release mm -hmm. for Splinters. So, again, you're getting to see movies like – and from filmmakers. I think there's something to be said about filmmakers who are experimenting, trying new things – and are kind of at the beginning of their careers because these might be names you can then recognize later, which I think yeah. is really cool. So there you go. That's that's our review of Rafiki and Splinters. Uh, the Reel Out Film Festival is on right now in Kingston until February 14th. You can get your tickets at reelout.com or through ticketscene.ca. A note about tickets, um, day of, they go off sale online about eight hours before every movie. So then you have to get rush tickets 15 minutes uh, before each show. So get them in advance if you can. Okay, uh, moving on. We have like a bunch of headlines to get to, and one of them is going to dive into the Ted Bundy talk. So do you want? We'll just let's we'll just, save the Ted Bundy talk for the let's, headline. Yeah, let's let's dive into not a great plan, and we promised people some some Ted Bundy discussions, and they're going to get it. So, <laughs> so seems to be America's favorite yeah. serial killer. <laughs> yeah, and here you go. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, a living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not A Great Plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Mike, you have to read this headline because oh. you know I'm not going to be able to get the Oh, name I right. see. Okay. You, just, <laughs> you were practicing, though. I know. Uh, no, Taika Waititi is not directing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, so stop asking. Not a great plan. Um, you were practicing Taika Waititi. I know, but I pressure. The microphone pressure. I've been there. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so I think it's sad news because I think he's such a gifted director. He is a great director. But he, um, so he's the fan. So as maybe our viewers don't know, James Gunn uh, directed the first two. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Someone pulled up some tweets that he tweeted, I think, in, like, 2008 that were very controversial or insensitive. I'm not sure. Yeah, they were um, they were jokes that were extremely insensitive. Um, I don't quite remember. Like, I didn't read the ones that had yeah. cultural significance, but others that were quite insensitive. Like, off-color oh, jokes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So... He then, because of pressure, was um, kind of kicked, booted from the third installment of Guardians of the Galaxy. So now Disney, I think, is responsible for these movies. They are, yeah. Disney is now scrambling to try to find a director for the third installment. And uh, 
Mr. <laughs> is the um, kind of the fan favorite. So he went it's because his style is so similar to James, what yeah. James Gunn did with Guardians yeah. Galaxy, like the humor and the style and the use of music. Splashy. He and... would fit in perfectly. Yeah. So he went on um, record, I think, at a, I think at a, like a, a conference. What do they call those? Like a con, like a oh, like a comic con. Yeah, thing. I think he was at a comic con or something like that. And he said um, it would it would be like walking into someone's house, telling the kids that they're they're the new, uh, telling the kids I'm your new dad, and this is how we make peanut butter sandwiches from now on. <laughs> so essentially, like he <laughs> because <laughs> those first two movies were such like it's very evident that they're James yeah. Gunn's yeah. movies, and it's like his babies that he would feel like he was kind of um not sabotaging but you know what i mean like yeah. he's not comfortable I, I get that especially because taika waititi is now essentially thor's director yeah because he he did the third thor movie and it was really well received i feel like there's also a sense of not only is it coming over to your house but like we live in the same neighborhood like we're yeah. part of the same community now and it would be <laughs> real weird like he, taika waititi probably feels really bad for james gunn i and think feel so but again if like i was james gunn to me there'd be no better person i would want no better person to walk in there and tell my kids how to how to make the peanut butter, the peanut sandwich. butter sandwiches because he knows how to to, to do it exactly the way I did. Yeah. So that, that, that would be, again, but I, but I get But it's just it. personal. Oh, of course. No, and I so totally understand. he's attached to um, not another Thor movie, but he's in talks with Marvel in order to do um, new new Marvel material. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be another Thor movie. So, But he is probably, attached. Like, he yeah. is going to, you will get another Marvel movie That'd from him. He was great. So it's not all bad news. No. Um, more on James Gunn later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next headline. Netflix makes extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile deal for Zac Efron's Ted Bundy movie. Not a great plan. Right after all the controversy, Netflix is like, oh, we'll buy it. <laughs> and not only are we going to buy it, we're going to pay a staggering $9 million for the distribution rights. Where does Netflix, well, before we get into Ted Bundy, where does Netflix get their money? I don't understand. I do not understand this, this business model. I've heard people be like, "Oh, ad revenue," but like they don't there are. Ads. But yeah, I've never had an ad while watching Netflix. There is a finite amount of people in the world. Let's just agree on that. There's an amount of people that eventually stop, right? Like you can count the buying Netflix. No, just in general, like human okay. beings. <laughs> okay. Yes, every day, like someone dies and someone's born right. and whatever. But in terms of like consumers. You know, if you have a Netflix account that's your own, you're probably at least 18, probably even older. I mean, I'm going to admit, I don't pay for my own Netflix account. I use like, my dad. Yeah, I use my parents. We're all part of the same system. Like, So <laughs> assuming that, you know, one in four people have Netflix, that's a cert that's an amount of money. And then the, the money is, that's the money. That's it. And I feel like everyone who would, who was going to get Netflix has a Netflix subscription. Well, every once in a while, they keep expanding to different parts of the world, so they probably get more revenue that way. But still, I just don't get it. I don't under. I'm not a business person. I've. They're also like not very transparent in their business practices. No, I wouldn't be either if I had um, the key to success. Like they keep all of their. Like for instance, they keep all of their. Um, like their demographic data. Like they won't, they won't release the numbers of so many people watched Bird Box or so many yeah. people watched the Ted Bundy documentary. They keep that all yeah. secret. I think more people are probably watching that documentary now. 
Oh, 100%. I spent the weekend watching the Ted Bundy documentary. Um, Let's talk about this trailer. Let's talk about the controversy. Let's talk about everything. Yes, I know. I'm so excited. This trailer (laughs) dropped, and I guess the movie, I didn't know this until recently, the movie's actually played somewhere. There's a film festival that Sundance screened this. So at first, I heard a lot of people like complaining about the trailer because they felt it was showing him in a way of like, this is so much fun. Look at the life I can they lead. They glorified, glorified the serial killer. Um, and then I'm more interested in what people thought of the movie, but I haven't been able to hear any firsthand accounts about what people thought of the movie yet. In the article I read, one a critic had seen it. I forgot the, his name. I think he saw it at Sundance. And he's like, my big problem is everyone knows how the movie's going to end. Because, <laughs> because they the the way they've set up this movie is that it's from the point of view of Ted Bundy's longtime girlfriend, who didn't know whether or not he was guilty, and she, he kept everything from her as yeah. far as I know. So the movie is kind of like it's because it's from her point of view. We're kind of like, did he or didn't he? But like we know yeah. that he did. Yeah. But that, to me, like we know. I mean, at most anyone, it's you can't spoil history. Like yeah. when you go to watch I Tonya, you should you, you know how it, the end yeah. of that movie unless they cha- want to change history. Um, and it's the same with uh, Wolf of Wall Street. That's based yeah. on a, a real person. But both those movies didn't receive flack for glorifying their lives, and it certainly and they were glorif- great. They were great movies. They're great movies, and it certainly looked glorified to me. I mean, in terms yeah. of like, but the whole point of those movies were like, look how sad these people are. Like, no matter mm-hmm. how much fun that they're having in Wolf of Wall Street, it was also sad. But the problem with Ted Bundy is that like he was having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, but that's that should be in the movie then. That's the problem with Ted. But like to me, that's like that's that that's what I want to see, because that makes him more despicable. Yeah, like I think the the controversy I heard was that they're making him look like too charismatic, when like in reality, like he was that charismatic. Yeah. Like people genuinely didn't think he committed the crimes no, because he, he was obviously so charming. Like he was obviously charming enough to trick a lot of people. So. To me, everything I saw, at least in the trailer, I'm only speaking from the trailer because I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. And I will reserve all judgments till the movie. But for, for all I can say is from the trailer, that seems to be what they're showing me. Which is like the Ted you see in the documentary, yeah. to be honest. Because the doc, if, so the This doc- is one on Netflix. That yeah, you it's yeah. called um, Conversations with the Killer, yes. Ted Bundy Tapes. Yes. And it's based on um, an interview he gave in the 80s to a, a journalist. So the documentary, uh, throughout the whole four episodes, you hear Ted's voiceover. So, like, the story is being narrated by Ted Bundy, essentially. And, like, he presents as, like, a very charismatic, charming, um, you know what I mean, suave. Everyone thought he was very handsome in the 70s, although by today's standards. I don't really see it. But anyways, everyone <laughs> talked about how beautiful and right. blue-eyed Ted Bundy couldn't have killed all those girls. Yeah. So and then he did. And then he but, did. But that's the thing like that to me what you're just describing I got that sense from that from that trailer. Like that's And exactly... people are but the the controversy is people are saying that it's it's too much. Like a lot of the controversy of uh, from what I understand is that People are kind of sick of hearing about these like suave serial killers yeah. who like fooled everyone, yeah. and they're people want to hear the stories of the actual victims. Sure, you know what I mean. And so they're saying everyone. 
I saw like a really good tweet that kind of sums it up. They're like, if I'm murdered and people spend too much time talking about how handsome my killer is, but not how handsome I am, I'm going to haunt everyone, which is like, that's, that's like yeah. silly. You know what I mean? No, it's a silly way it. of saying it, but it's like, we're, we're taking too much time, like praising Ted Bundy for all of these like superficial traits he had when like at the end of the day, the crimes he committed were absolutely disgusting See, to me i don't think this movie like from the trailer i don't think the trailer praises him in any way okay. i think what the trailer is showing is a sick psychopath and every time he when he winks at the jury it makes you go Ugh, which is exactly how you should feel i think yeah you're right but like do you think most viewers are critical enough to read they're I feel like some people are just going to be like, wow, that's Zac Efron and he's really hot and he's playing yeah, a murderer. Yeah, but I mean, I, I can't. Yes, but I don't think we should be held responsible for the level of intelligence of each person <laughs> who watches a movie. Like, I don't think that's fair. Like, yes, I get it. I understand that on the surface, you look at that and you see Zac Efron and you go, ooh, Zac Efron, fun movie. Mm -hmm. And that is not, I think, the tone that people want it to have. But... I don't think movies are supposed to be looked at surfacely. I don't think there's anything that you're supposed to. What's that saying about book by its cover or whatever? Never read it. Never judge a book by its cover. There you go. Also, it, never is, get your history from a movie. Yeah, no, is this is a movie. I mean, I, I read a controversy for like, well, he never winked at the jury. Who cares? It is he a, did a whole heck of a lot he of other stuff. A bunch of people. Who cares if he winked at someone or not? The thing, it is a movie. It is doing something for dramatic impact to tell a story. And I think just like Wolf of Wall Street did, that first trailer, yeah, man, the, the, there, there's a. Uh, Let's Leonardo go do DiCaprio. some oxy. Yeah, and... like having a lot of fun. But if you watch <laughs> that movie, it is one of the tragic stories yeah. of literally a garbage human being who was going nowhere in life mm -hmm. and tried something, went somewhere in life, and then still. Blew it out because he's a garbage human person. I I recently was listening to something where someone said four months after an incident, people statistically go back to their exact same level of happiness. So whatever happiness you and I are right now, if, if something happened tomorrow, let's say the show was canceled. Yeah, I hated your Ted Bunny talk. <laughs> Screen Kingston's canceled. <laughs> you and I would probably be upset. Yeah. In four months we would be at the same level of happiness we are now. Meaning every incident in life only affects you to the level of happiness you certain you are or are not. So uh, the thing that I think- People are gonna to get over is, Ted Bundy in four months? No, no, I'm talking about Ted Bundy. I, right. think, I think Ted Bundy probably had a lot of fun in his life, but then eventually goes back to the same probably whole of human being he was at the beginning. So I think this movie's going to show you that. I think by the end of it, you're going to be like, wow, that is a disgusting person. And I think that's what the filmmakers want. I think they want you to at one point go, wait a minute, he's having a good time. Like, what is going that's on creepy. here? This is like, this is kind of getting creepy. This is getting weird. Like, I'm a really uncomfortable. Oh, I hate him. Like, that's called a journey of film. That's an art yeah. for a character. And more, most importantly, I think they're going to show you, just like in Wolf of Wall Street, just like in I, Tanya. I, ta okay, Tanya Harding was at the Oscars. Really? I'm talking about going to the Oscars. And every sports broadcaster, who they never talk about movies, talked about this. Do you want to know why? Because they think she's guilty. Because in the sports community, I, Tanya is a villain. And in right. the movie, it's like, no, 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 I didn't, like, I didn't really know. I was skating over here when my husband was planning to break my friend's leg. I, just as a side note, viewers if you are listeners if you have not seen i tanya i think that was one of the underrated movies Fantastic of that movie. year absolutely I totally it was agree. <laughs> phenomenal yeah and um margot but, robbie gives yes a stellar performance but that movie you could argue 
potentially she is, in real life she's the villain but in the movie she's portrayed as a victim correct now i don't know if in real life she's a villain or not but that is certainly public opinion like on, on, on yeah. all the sports broadcasters she's been crucified by out, popular opinion one sports broadcaster on a show called overdrive said hey guys wasn't it really weird that that tanya harding was at the oscars and someone went wait they brought her to the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it weird? And the guy hadn't, the other guy hadn't seen the movie, so they were explaining how right. it pretty much made her the victim. Is that true? Is that not? I don't know. I wasn't there. But I think again, within all contexts of movies, they do different things. I just don't think this is what's happening with this movie, and I'm waiting to see it to say, oh yeah, the filmmakers really misstepped here, or you know what? They showed that a monster is a monster, and if I was murdered by somebody, I'd want that movie. I want to see my killer shown as a monster i think i'm gonna reserve judgment because i haven't seen it i want to see it i'm yeah, interested I it i'm one of those creepy people that are, like are interested in true crime like i'm playing kind of devil's advocate in terms of whether or not this movie should be made quote unquote because i think why not i should like any movie be made though well that was when you the... make the argument that no movie had, could be or should be are made. we entitled to the story well that was in the article the the filmmaker said like you know as a filmmaker i can make whatever story i can tell whatever story i want was what he said and um i don't know. see that's the thing i don't that's know that's a true. little yeah. controversial to me that's more controversial than the the trailer absolutely that like, sentence that's like is way more controversial bearing the, the lead <laughs> him being like well because people were saying you know uh, the survivors and the the families of the victims have been like we don't want this movie or we don't think this movie is whatever whatever and he's like well i'm a filmmaker and i should be allowed to tell whatever story i want see that i don't think that that's correct i don't i don't think it's right for a filmmaker no i don't think so arbitrarily either pick a story and, and need to tell i feel like especially if if there's a true side of it i think the victim's families need to be involved in that and I think, like, I get the sense from the trailer, you're kind of saying, oh, I, I knew from the trailer that he was creepy. Yeah. I get the sense from the trailer that it's a little more sensational than you're giving the movie credit for. Like, I think it's going to play up on Zac Efron being a serial killer, and they're going to... You know what I mean? Like, oh, so I'm, you think it's going to go even more so? Yeah, like, I think it's going to be very sensational. Really? Yeah, and I think that's what the controversy is, that people think that it's going to be the juicy... That's why, and I tweeted this... I think Ryan Gosling would have been a better choice for Ted Bundy. I saw your tweet about that. Um, see, that's the thing, like... Because I, I think Ryan Gosling would have would have been able to play yeah, creepy when sure. when he needs to be creepy, whereas I don't think Zac Efron can... So, can I, can I throw out something that will probably be controversial, but, like, whatever? Um, did people not think the first line of that trailer when he walks up to the girl and starts speaking was creepy? Because, like, I did. Like, I don't, I don't... Know, if that's, I don't know if that's, like, a... I only watched the trailer okay, once. I don't remember. Go watch it again and just literally put yourself in the position of the person sitting at the bar because that's what I did. Right. And I was like, okay, if someone came up to me and started speaking with these exact same facial expressions, with the exact same in inflection, how would I feel? I was a little creeped out. So, again, I don't know. Everyone's different, and I understand, and maybe there's a charm part of it. Like, you're bringing up. I think there's lots of people who will see this movie and be like, ooh, Zac Efron. Like, there you go. Yeah. But, but maybe some people are freaking out because they felt that way. Because they sat Fair. there and went, well, I'm, like, being really charmed by a guy who's playing a creep. But that's what he did. That, he yeah. was charming, and he was looked like seemed very innocent but then committed horrible crimes and frankly and how did he do it we have to emphasize these crimes were 
horrible. Oh, like they were like if you read if people aren't familiar if you read up on the things he did they were like disgusting just like he's disgusting. he's like Absolutely. the word when we think of like evil like he's he's like the closest equipment i can think of is like paul bernardo for the local context yeah and that's the thing that's what i wanted one of the things i wanted to bring up in local like in ontario at least that carlo homoka movie that was made was not allowed to be screened yeah in ontario well and again like i you know i i understand that you know i i feel like if at we, what point is it allowed yeah, is essentially well, what i'm trying to if, argue if someone tried to make a titanic movie just after that happened and some of the victims were like i just lost somebody mm-hmm. would you allow that movie to happen and i don't think it should like, I think there should be time allowed to heal. And I think that, especially when you decide to bring a story, it might never be okay to bring up for some people right. who've been scarred. And, and that's definitely... But you think enough time has passed with Ted Bundy? No, I don't. I'm just saying this is the movie we have, and I don't understand why everyone's freaking out before seeing it. But... But you know as well as I do. Everyone likes to have their two cents. Well, and... I know that, but that's, that's not what I mean We wouldn't by, have I a show. We wouldn't have a show <laughs> otherwise. No, I mean, I, mean I, I get it. Right. I'll rephrase what I say. I understand that this is happening right yes. now. I don't agree with it. Okay. And I think that I want to see the movie first. And People are I think going too quick to the draw. If you're if you're upset about this movie and you're not part of it, that's the difference. Right. To me, the victims' families. They are allowed right, to. They, everyone has every right to feel anything they want. But as far as I'm concerned, if they said this movie shouldn't happen, then it shouldn't happen. Period. But. If you are someone out there who's just like, wow, this movie just shouldn't happen, and you're not connected to this in any way, you should be, then I, then I, you better be the person who also objected, which no one did, to Wolf of Wall Street and to I, Tanya and to every Quentin Tarantino movie, because the trailer had the same tone as all of those movies. Well, any movie that shows crime or yeah. glorifying, glorifying the villain. Anything, which happens all the time. Yeah. Have you ever seen Ocean's Eleven? They're all They're criminals. criminals. <laughs> Like just because they look like, I'm sorry. Mic drop. Well, just They're criminals. They look, I'm sorry. Just because they look like George Clooney. I know. And again, there's no comparison. Ted, like we said, Ted, Ted Bundy is a awful human like, being. Um, but it would be like saying, can we not like, I don't know, Hitler's evil too, but people make movies about Hitler, right? But again, you know, people. I think people have always been critical of certain movies for telling the truth. There's movies about people being critical about that time yeah. and about people who are Holocaust deniers and denying this and denying that. But but movies are a way to have those conversations. And I feel like, let's see what the Ted Bundy movie is going to be. I don't like that quote from the filmmaker about the... the <laughs> I can tell whatever response. story I want to tell. Yeah, I don't like Get that. Get off my back. That makes me feel not so great about this, and I'll probably backtrack <laughs> on all this later. But I'm with you. I want to reserve judgment till the film comes out, and I want us all to stop creating controversies over everything Before, until it happens. Yeah. Once it happens, yes, then let's talk about it because then we can have an informed discussion about the filmmaker's decisions within this. We have to move on, but just uh, Netflix did buy the distribution rights and they will uh, reportedly give the movie an awards season-based theatrical run later this year. Okay. So they're gunning for awards for this movie um, if, they're, if they're aiming for like an awards season, you know, they're trying to line it up to be considered for awards. They're gunning for awards. So mm. there's, we're going to be hearing a lot more about this movie. I look forward I can't to wait. further discussions about this movie. Zac Efron in a bow tie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Despite Ryan Murphy's move to Netflix, American Crime Story and American Horror Story will go on. Not a great plan. I don't care much for these. 
think this is the not a great plan for multiple reasons. A, do we need more American Crime Story and do we need more American Horror Story? The O.J. Simpson one was really good. I didn't see the second season of Oat. I haven't seen either of them. I've heard good things. I was more or less an American Horror Story fan from mm. the beginning. My problem with American Horror Story is it always starts off really strong and then by mid-season you're thinking, oh my gosh, what is happening? And that <laughs> has happened consistently with every season that I've watched. And I've I've watched the majority of the seasons. Right. You know what I mean? Like this isn't me being like, I've seen two. Like I've no. I've skipped maybe one or two seasons and I've seen the rest. Right. Up until the end where I don't watch the last episode because the show is so crazy. <laughs> Anyways, so that's A, do we need more of this show? Mm. And B, the fact that Ryan Murphy is leaving um, Fox, that's his parent company, and going to Netflix, it's not clear whether he'll be involved with these shows anymore. Mm. So he has been such a fundamental figure in shaping these programs it, it, it may be good that he's not involved anymore and the story and plot will now make sense or it's going to be even bad because it doesn't have his creative vision anymore. Yeah, and that's tough because once you go away from the creative vision, will it lose what people liked about it, which yeah. is often what happens with TV shows. And it's not clear. He may still be involved with the programs, but to what extent, we don't know. So that's a to-be-determined. To be determined. Interesting. We probably have time for one more, even though I know we have a lot. Oh, we like they're them all. all so I know good. They're all really good, but we only have time for you one more. I don't know. You point to the one that you want. Oh, this is. <laughs> uh, okay, let's number five, just because it's topical to me. Yeah, and the rest. I thought you would shift. pick number five. We're, let's, but let's remember the rest for next. Okay, week. Maroon Five didn't take a knee at the Super Bowl halftime show, but there was a SpongeBob reference. Not a great plan. Not a great plan. Not a great plan. Gave it three because um, that was the one of the worst Super Bowl um, halftime shows. Halftime shows I've ever seen, and one of the worst games actually I've ever seen. It was a very boring game, um, but the halftime show was terrible. We talked on the show um, earlier whether or not there would be a SpongeBob reference for all those who were waiting for it. Why, it happened. Why is that a thing? Because the creator of SpongeBob passed away this year, mm. and because he was so influential, people wanted some sort of tribute to him. And there's like a song in SpongeBob where it's kind of like a halftime show yeah, song. So people know. thought we should ha play this. Yeah. Instead, um, the cartoon like welcomed one of the musical guests. Right. But like I watched it, it was weird. Like the editing yeah. was so bad. Totally. I had <laughs> no idea what was happening. Just horrible. And. Maroon Five, ugh, why were why were they there? Like, it was just <laughs> honestly, like, horrible. It was, yeah, it was it was not it was not good. The only there were some great trail movie trailers that came out because of the Super Bowl, but otherwise the game was not good and the halftime show was not good. Um, this was my first introduction to Super Bowl, and I will never <laughs> watch again. Good, you should have watched last year's. <laughs> it was one of the most entertaining games I've ever seen. Um, but I think the other thing that's was weird was the minute Adam Levine started singing because I know he can that's his name right yeah Levine? yeah he's he can sing he can sing really well and he start he opened his mouth and I was like wow this is awful and how he like okay like throughout the set took off articles of clothing until that he I was, was kind of expecting that that didn't uh, that didn't shock me I felt like that was a little <laughs> out of place the guitar he didn't play yeah <laughs> he's not he's not fellow I don't know like I just don't I don't get what happened it, it was weird yeah, it was, it was weird, a weird, weird um that's all the time we have unfortunately we, we have such good headlines I know we have amazing headlines 
we're gonna save them for next week though like I'll we'll keep we'll, them in my pocket we'll p- put them in next week whenever we need to um we just we needed to talk about ted bunny there's so much to say i know and i look forward to talking it's the newest star is born we will talk about this from now until the end of time like every episode we used to talk about stars born like it would and always come up sheldon the actor who plays sheldon is one of the lawyers i'm kind of excited i want to uh, see him branch out but i think it's bad know. casting <laughs> okay we'll see um let us know your thoughts on on the movie trailer if you saw it um and if you haven't go check it out otherwise go see reel out this week we have a really cool special episode next week where we're talking about the favorite go see some movies